Welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. Fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle programs designed for hard workers who are ready to achieve their goals without compromise and without apology. No more time to waste. Let's get down to it. Welcome to the Feel Strong Podcast. This is Justin McClintock from Feel Strong Fitness. Thank you so much for listening, tuning in, downloading, etc. We're going to talk sleep today. I want to get right to it. Sleep, sleep, sleep. Got uh, This has come up a bunch of times in the past two to three weeks, some with private clients, some at the gym, talking to people. Uh, there seem to be a lot of questions and confusion and issues around sleep. So let's get to it. Why sleep? Why is sleep important? Sleep is the first and biggest part of your recovery. It is the thing we go to if someone's having an issue, if you come in and you're underperforming, if things are moving in a certain direction and they stop moving in that direction, very likely the first question I'm going to ask you is, how'd you sleep last night? Not, did you take your supplement? Not, are you feeling strong? Not, are you feeling it in this muscle and that muscle? How'd you sleep last night? Because remember, recovery is the key to everything. We only work out to give ourselves the chance to recover. Recovery is the adaptation. Recovery is where you get stronger, faster, more flexible, more resilient, all the things we're after. So sleep is really important. I will take sleep over basically anything else. If we have a choice of you getting an awesome workout in, but it means you sleep five hours a night, we're not going to do it. We're going to trade it out. We're going to shorten your workout. We're going to move things around. We are going to find a way to get you seven to nine hours of sleep a night, ideally every night. Now, I am well aware. I have been there. If you're a shift worker, if you have a, an erratic schedule or a schedule that moves around a lot, you may not seven to nine hours may not always be a thing you can do seven days a week. Ideally, that's what we're going for. Consistency really wins here. But if you are shorting yourself here or there, we will also move your schedule around to accommodate that sleep debt. Sleep debt is totally a real thing. Uh, it, it's not a one-to-one, -one, but if you have two or three nights in a row of four hours of sleep, you are building up, and it will not surprise me at all if, given the time and appropriate circumstances, suddenly you sleep for 11 or 12 hours because you're trying to catch up. All right, sleep. Now, when we're sleeping... We want to have good sleep. We want real high quality sleep. What is quality sleep? We're chasing that REM. I'm sure you've heard of it, the rapid eye movement sleep. Ideally, we're trying to get your heart rate down. Uh, they've done lots of really cool experiments on sleep uh, over the years. When you enter REM sleep, your brain waves actually change. Everything changes. Your body is really actively recovering. It is super interesting. So we're trying to get seven to nine hours of deep, uninterrupted sleep. How do you know if you're having quality sleep? A couple of ways to do it. There are lots of techno gadgets out there that will tell you, uh, will try and monitor your sleep. They will generally monitor things like heart rate, movement. Some of them uh, can measure breathing or they think they can measure breathing and things like that. Some of them measure sound. If you're not sure if your device is recording you, it might be worth checking out because that is one of the ways that a number of devices that claim to monitor sleep determine whether or not you're tossing and turning. They're actually listening for you tossing and turning. 
Now, if you have a device that tells you whether or not you're having good sleep and it's been working for you, if you wake up feeling refreshed and your device says, yeah, you had good sleep and it seems to really bear it out, super cool. I want to define good sleep in general, whether or not you have a machine on your wrist or in the room telling you you're having good sleep. First thing, how quickly do you fall asleep? Maybe you go to bed at a very reasonable hour. Maybe you go to bed at 930 at night. But if it then takes you an hour and a half or two hours to fall asleep, that's not great. So ideally, you go to sleep relatively quickly. And this is all relative. It's different person to person. Uh, but we want to fall asleep relatively quickly. Once you're asleep, we want to not wake up a lot. Ideally, you have completely unbroken sleep, not waking up, not being startled, not having to get up and use the bathroom, things like that. After you wake up, when you wake up, ideally, you feel refreshed, you feel good, you feel ready to face the day. You're not groggy, you're not having a hard time getting started, uh, you're not feeling foggy or have forgetful, moving super slow in the morning. Uh, on the other side of that, if you slept well, later in the day, you shouldn't be real tired. If you get to 11 a.m. and you're like, oh boy, I could really use a nap, that's a sign that maybe you didn't actually sleep particularly well or not enough. Tied into this also, uh, monitoring your mood. If you are crankier than usual, if you find yourself being more emotional than usual, if you find yourself uh, not always negative, but possibly being negative toward others or toward yourself, or just generally more emotional. This may be a sign of lower quality sleep. And finally, in the gym, if your performance is dropping off, when all of their signs point to this should have been a good day, and it's really not a good day, you're moving a little more slowly, fast twitch movements aren't quite as snappy as they were, if you're a weightlifter or a sprinter or someone who does plyometrics, you'll notice these just don't have the same bounce and spring that they usually do. These are indications that your sleep may not have been that good. On the other side, if you're moving super fast and super well, that may be an indication you had great sleep. So we know we want good, high quality sleep. How do we get there? Look at the environment, literally the environment. Where are you sleeping? We want a place that is cool, dark, and quiet. Those are the three magic words for sleep. Cool, dark, quiet. Cool. What does this mean? You should not be sweating when you sleep. You shouldn't really feel warm. I don't want you shivering. I don't want you uncomfortable. This isn't some sort of character building, tough it out exercise. But the room should generally be cool. You would be aghast if I told you the temperature we keep our house at at night, and it is super comfortable. Dark. What does dark mean? Dark means I want to try and eliminate any light source in the room. Big ones, obvious ones first. You very likely have windows in your bedroom. How much light is it letting in? Can you close your curtains? Do you have curtains? Can you close your shades or blinds? Do you have those? Do you have multiple layers? Do you have blackout curtains? Ideally, if there's no other light source in the room, when you close your curtains at night, it should be pitch black by pitch black. I mean, you can't see your hand in front of your face. If you don't have a, a, currently a way to black out your windows, I strongly suggest you look into this. Blackout curtains, and by the way, blackout curtains are not necessarily uh, some sort of scientifically branded blackout curtain they can just be heavy curtains 
I'm looking for a curtain that blocks all of the light. I have very normal, boring, I think, curtains from Macy's 11 years ago, and they work great. They're not super special. They're not Under Armour or Nike blackout curtains. They're just curtains, but they black out the room. Once we've blacked out the window, now we have some detail work to do. Look around the room. What else gives off light? In this modern day and age, there's a lot of stuff in rooms that gives off light. I strongly suggest you take care of all of that. What does this mean? It means if you have a TV or appliance or other screen in the room, it should be off. Think that's obvious, but it should be off. If you are someone who falls asleep with the TV on, it's a longer discussion about doing that. So I'm not going to delve into watching the TV as you fall asleep just yet. We might get into that in a minute. But most TVs have a sleep or snooze setting. So you can set it on a timer, basically. So 30 minutes after you begin watching TV, it will just automatically shut itself off. On top of that, are there a bunch of little lights on your devices? Are there small LEDs? Almost everything these days has LEDs on it. They become small, cheap, and affordable. I take some black electrical tape and I walk around and I cover all of them. I don't need those lights. I don't need a, a light to tell me when the television is turned on. I don't have a TV in the bedroom, but if I did, I wouldn't need a LED to tell me that it's on. I don't need LEDs to tell me anything is on. I know when these things are on. If you are someone who keeps your phone in your bedroom, I also strongly suggest against this, but if you have to do it for being on call or emergency purposes, things like that, screen down. Always screen down. Don't leave that screen up. Don't let the light be pouring into the room. Certainly notifications should be off as much as possible. Anything that you can stop from making light in your bedroom, we want to stop from making light in your bedroom. This goes for clocks. This goes for tiny, tiny little sources. Build up and contribute to this. How dark can you make your bedroom? Make it a perfect cave for you to sleep in. And finally, quiet. We're looking for quiet. How quiet is your bedroom? And what can you do to improve this? Now, there's a range of situations here. As someone who has lived in a very active neighborhood in New York City for a long time, there's only so much you can do to keep things quiet sometimes. But let's take a look at it. Coming back to the television thing, is there noise in your room while you're sleeping? Take care of that. Nothing in your room should be making noise while you're sleeping unless... You are possibly using, for example, a white noise machine or something of that ilk to try and drown out other disturbing noise. If there's noise outside your house, apartment, wherever you're living that you can't control, then a white noise machine is actually a pretty good option for covering that noise. It's not quiet, but it's neutral and neutral is pretty good. On this quiet tip, if you're someone who has pets, I need you to take an honest look at how those pets are affecting your sleep. I have pets. I love my pets. There's times when both of them have been perfectly good sleeping in the bedroom. About a year and a half ago, the cat started being a real jerk real early in the morning, like 2.30 in the morning, and he wouldn't stop it, and it became a pattern that he got in, and now the cat's not allowed to sleep in the bedroom because he causes too much noise, it's too much ruckus, he's ruining sleep. And you know what? He's perfectly happy. He goes and he sleeps somewhere else. When I wake up in the morning, he comes to get me, we get a cup of coffee, he sits on my lap, no hard feelings. If you have animals that are keeping you up, 
your sleep is really important. You're truly not doing them any favors by letting them ruin your sleep. Consider removing them at least for a while if they're causing a problem. What else can you adjust to make good sleep? So we've made it cool, we've made it dark, we've made it quiet. Leading up to sleep, sleep hygiene stuff. In the 45 minutes to an hour before bed, consider limiting screen time. The screens I'm talking about is any screen in your life, a television, a phone, a tablet, Almost all screens these days are some version of an LED technology, some version of a blue light technology, and they are designed to be easy to see. They are designed to keep you awake and keep you aware. This is not a particularly evil or nefarious thing. It's also what makes things look really beautiful on screens are these bright blue-white colors, but it will keep you more awake. There certainly has been work done on how to manipulate people and keep them more awake keep your attention on this screen for as long as possible. Lots of money has been poured into this and that's what's happening. You need to turn that off for a little while and your brain calm down. No screen time, no screen time at all. Don't check the phone right before you fall asleep because you're undoing some of the work you've done. Give yourself a time at night when you don't have to check the phone anymore. Or if you must set whatever few notifications you absolutely, you couldn't live until the morning, if this email came in or this person texted you and set those as the only notifications that your phone can make, screen down, sound off. Food and drink. This one can be a little bit tricky because it's fairly individualized, but generally we don't want to be eating anything within an hour of bedtime. Digestion will often mess with people's sleep. If you are actively digesting food, and this is not everyone, it's individualized, but it is fairly common that if people eat carbohydrates relatively close to bed, their sleep will be of lesser quality because they're actively digesting. Their body is fairly active. Some people do okay with protein just before bed, typically like a calcium protein supplement or something like that. If that works for you, and again, N equals one, be your own scientist, totally cool. But the general rule is no food or drink an hour before bed. Also, be aware, if you are continually getting up to use the bathroom during the night, if you're having to urinate, then try and limit your water consumption leading up to bedtime, because if we can take away one of the reasons you're waking up, that's definitely something we want to do. Last part about sleep hygiene, beds are for sleeping, and maybe one other thing. Beds are not for working. Beds are not for crafting beds are not for doing other things that really engage your brain do not bring your computer to bed and do a lot of work do not sit on your bed and do work during the day let your bed be a special place where sleeping maybe one other thing happens that's it go to your couch go to the floor if you are living in a tiny little studio and you just have your bed and you're like justin you're a jerk this is the only place i have to sit i really suggest sit on the floor back against the bed let the bed be the place where you sleep and, re and relax and rest and not the place where your body gets used to and your brain gets used to turning on and being really active and engaged and doing things. On to the question everyone always asks, supplements. I get DMs about sleep supplements. A, it's a remarkable amount for someone who I don't feel like I talk about sleep that much. I am not a sleep specialist. I'm not a doctor of any sort, but people will just DM me out of the blue asking about sleep supplements. 
First things first, whoa there, because sleep supplements are, they can totally be useful. They're usually one of the last things I go to because what we don't want is to create a situation where you're dependent on another thing to go to sleep. Ideally, we don't have a substance that we require for you to get quality sleep. But if there's a substance that can improve your quality of sleep, or if you know you absolutely definitely, you really need tonight to be a good night of sleep and you need a leg up, if there's something that can help you, super cool. We're not talking sleeping pills. We're not talking sedatives. We're not talking anything like that. Anything remotely in that range, would ha you would have to get prescribed by a doctor. If you're in that camp, if you think you're someone who needs something like that, you should go talk with your doctor. Talk to a specialist. Keep in mind that ideally we're looking for something non-addictive, something that's a short-term solution, and something you don't have to stay on for the rest of your life. Now, if you're someone who just wants that leg up, a little extra boost, something that can like push you over that edge of good sleep, there's really only two that I go with. The first one is melatonin. You can buy this over-the-counter, super available, works for lots of people. It's a naturally occurring substance in your body. Melatonin is key to sleep. Try it out. With anything with sleep, I strongly suggest starting on like the lowest dosage you can. So if the serving size of melatonin, they come in a couple of different ways, but let's say we're taking a melatonin pill and the serving size is three pills. The first time you use it, take one, see how it works. If it doesn't do anything, the next time maybe take two. If you take one and your sleep is transformed and it feels great, that's awesome. Maybe one is enough for you. Maybe one is your dosage. All of these things have side effects. Melatonin, I've had a number of clients who have used melatonin who have had screaming nightmares. They hated it. They came back and said, it's the most terrifying thing that ever happened. It's obviously affecting my brain, but in a way that did not cause calm and peace. I also have a number of people who use melatonin very successfully, but melatonin screaming weird dreams has definitely been a side effect for some people. The other supplement I will usually suggest is ZMA. ZMA is a simple micronutrient stack. It's zinc, magnesium, and B6. Generally sold as a pill, one thing together. There are some powdered forms out there you can get. ZMA, I use ZMA occasionally, works like a charm. I have deep, rich sleep. Occasionally I have very vivid dreams, but not nightmarish, nothing uh, that wakes me up. ZMA works great. I have a number of friends and colleagues who also use ZMA. ZMA is a maybe. Sleep tech. Sleep tech, we covered a little of this earlier, but other things that can help with sleep. White noise machine, coming back to this. If you are live in a loud neighborhood, if you live in a loud situation, if there's things that you simply can't control that are making noise, white noise machines can be got for cheap, 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 and can be super useful. I've even had people sleep with white noise machines and headphones to try and drown out the rest of the sound. I even have one person who uses the noise-canceling headphones. A little bit expensive, but can be a lifesaver. White noise is neutral noise that masks everything else. Another piece of sleep tech, I don't know if this counts as tech, but I'm putting it in this category, an eye mask. If you can't make your room dark, for whatever reason, you're unable or unwilling, or you have a situation where it doesn't work for you to make your room dark, Bring the dark to you. A simple sleep mask, you put it on, covers your eyes, now it's for real dark. Other kinds of sleep tech, fancy blankets. 
There's a bunch of versions here. There's weighted blankets, there's cooling blankets, there's warming and cooling pads, there's special mattresses. If you're interested in some of this stuff, if it sounds interesting to you, again, N is one, be your own scientist. None of it has particularly been proven good one way or the other. I've heard good things about cooling pads. I have had decent experience with weighted blankets. If you want to try it, try it out. And of course, sleep tech, we talked about it before, your wearables. Generally, those aren't things that are going to help you get better sleep, but they will report to you on your sleep and can kind of gamify it and let you chase that better sleep, chase more sleep, maybe have fewer restless times during the night, things like that. If you're still not sleeping well, if you've gone through all of this, you've made your situation great, you understand what good sleep is, it's cool, dark, quiet, screens are gone, lights gone, you've adjusted your food or drink, beds are just for sleeping, maybe you've done a supplement, maybe you've had some sleep tech, you're wearing an eye mask, you have a cool gizmo on your watch, and it's still not working, consider talking to your doctor, consider enrolling in a sleep study. There are people, especially in major cities and universities, studying sleep all the time. Sleep remains relatively mysterious to the scientific community. There are people who would be really interested to watch you sleep and try and help you do it better. Last thing, what should you not do to improve sleep? Things you should probably avoid that may not be instinctive. The first one is alcohol. Alcohol has been shown to lead to generally poor quality sleep. Now, this is where you insert the joke that you drank enough alcohol and you slept really well. You fell asleep right away. I've never fallen asleep so quickly as after my sixth tequila. Sleep is different than being unconscious. And this is not a value judgment, but passing out or just becoming unconscious, basically your brain giving up because it can't go anymore, is not the same thing as restful sleep, which is why generally people don't look or feel their best the day after a significant alcohol consumption in the way that they do after a good night of sleep. With a big question mark around marijuana and CBD, recognizing those are, you know, one is a variant of the other. Uh, I have heard, I have never really experimented with myself trying to improve sleep. There are people who claim better sleep with marijuana or claim being able to sleep better. Uh, it relieves anxiety. Same thing with CBD, possible anxiety relief leading to better sleep. Because of the laws right now, it's basically illegal to study it. So there's not a lot of work out there. It doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means no one's been able to take a real proper large scale look at it. Uh, I think it would be irresponsible for me to tell anyone to break their local laws. So I'm not going to. But my general rule is N equals one. Be your own scientist as long as you're being safe, responsible, not being taken advantage of, not putting yourself in any danger, which includes getting arrested. I think that's what I have to say about sleep. There are lots of pieces to recovery, and we'll come back to other ones. Sleep is definitely the king. Sleep is the foundation for all of your recovery. The best massage gun in the world is not going to get you out of several bad nights of sleep. So this is something you need to prioritize, move it up in your to-do list, and do some work on it. If you're interested in working on your sleep, if you're interested in working on your recovery, reach out. It is definitely part of what we do with people all the time. We build specialized programs for exactly what you're looking for. If you want to lift more weight, we do that. If you want to get out of pain, we do that. If you need to transform your lifestyle because you need to recover better and feel better and have more energy during the day, we do that. All right, folks. 
It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. This is Justin McClintock. Feel strong. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Please visit us at feelstrong.me. Find us on Instagram at feelstrongfit. You can DM us to get started, pick our brain, rate and review us on iTunes. Please, five stars there. It makes a really big difference. And folks, remember, we don't work with everyone, but we'll talk to anyone. If you're ready to get started today, so are we. Thank you again, and feel strong. Feel strong.